Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a November 30th, end of November, Wednesday night edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com and former Blazer beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to the show. The Blazers have been off for a few days. We had a podcast in the interim while the Blazers were working on their defense, which is currently the worst in the league. Hope you enjoyed that. We also answered some Twitter questions, which was fun. Thank you to all of uh, the folks who submitted questions to us via Twitter. So that was how we spent our time in, in during during the break. And the Blazers were working on their defense. And the result of that was a monstrous offensive performance by the Trail Blazers as they end Wednesday night victorious with a 131 109 victory over the Indiana Pacers on Wednesday. The Blazers scored 30 points or more in three of the four quarters. They scored 42 points in the second quarter. And the Pacers threatened a little bit at the end of this game, but they weren't able to get enough stops down the stretch. They didn't make enough of their shots. And ultimately, the lead that the Blazers ran up was just too much. And that's something that we haven't really said about the Blazers that much this season. I was actually there tonight with my girlfriend, had a, had a fun time. First time watching uh, a game there uh, in a while as, um, you know, j- just sitting in the seats. And we had great seats, by the way. So uh, shout out to my girlfriend, Kelsey, for hooking us up with that. But, so that, that that's my aside. But the Blazers win with a monstrous offensive performance. The Pacers made things a little tight late. The Blazers missed a couple shots here and there. They weren't making all of their shots for, for a little while. Uh, they were really getting into the mid-range. They, they, they did a really good job all over the court tonight. They got to the rim. Mo Harkless had a really solid night. And the Blazers offensively, I think are continuing to improve. That is a positive that this team can take while they have been working on their defense. Their offense tonight definitely was solid. They took a step forward in that regard. And while they're definitely not mediocre in that on offense anymore, their, their, their offense has been improving as of late. But again, tonight we see the type of firepower from the Blazers offense that I think we expected to see in this campaign for the Blazers, the 2016-17 season. And uh, they're, they're getting into that mode now. They're behind the Spurs now in offensive rating. They're well in the top 10, closing in on a chance to be in the top five. I think they're, they're seventh right now. So Blazers are getting back to that offense, that Blazers team that we know, at least on the offensive end. Granted, the Pacers were without Paul George, who has missed three straight games, hasn't played in a week with a left ankle injury. All that said, the Blazers haven't been good against 
most teams defensively, and tonight they weren't that great defensively. The Pacers still managed to score a lot of points, and it wasn't a super high possession game. The Blazers still gave up a pretty high offensive rating to the Pacers, but perhaps they it did look like they were a little bit more focused on defense, making it a little bit harder, and just having that energy may have been something that just wasn't there. You can't slow teams down every night, and also on a night when you're putting up an offensive rating of 137, which is what the Blazers put up tonight, you can afford to give up uh, some points. And 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 they uh, had a fantastic offensive game. The bench tonight was fantastic offensively. Guys that we've talked about struggling, Crab and Turner had good games, and Myers Leonard continues to play well. He and Plumley are looking a little bit better together uh, as a unit as of late. But the Blazers won with offense tonight, and while the defense, I think they can definitely hang their hat on a better effort tonight. It felt like guys like Alan Crabb were a little bit more engaged in what was going on. There was a little bit more urgency with their defense this evening, even if it didn't ultimately result in a good defensive rating. And the Blazers have a lot of work to do to get to being the defensive team that they want to be, being the team that, you know, they say want to wants to contend. And they need to win games like this. And, and, and more so than cherry-picking on the net rating or the defensive rating and their overall stats in that regard – it's important that they won a game like they did tonight because tonight felt a little bit like, even though Paul George wasn't there, this is a game that they needed because this is a game that that team that that this team has to win, and a team that, and and a game, excuse me, that teams like the Blazers being a playoff team, you've got a team that's the in the Pacers that are not only mediocre, they are without their best player, who is a uh, no-doubt all-star, and you win by 20-plus points. And, and and that is the type of performance that I think this team has really lacked. They, The Brooklyn game comes to mind uh, in terms of a blowout where, where, where they run away with the game, where they really just put things into overdrive and, and and really don't give the guy the other team a chance and the 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 grizzly not the grizzlies the pacers excuse me hung around a little bit i was i don't know why i associate al jefferson with the grizzlies but i just think he was a grizzly in another life and he was kind of spurring the charge late had some buckets on plumley got him going up and down with those post moves and uh really put pressure on the Blazers a little bit, but they made some shots down the stretch and they really turned the game around. And they turned it around. They got a good home win, which they needed, especially after the debacle they had against Houston. And they uh, took a step forward. I definitely think you can say that, even though their defensive rating wasn't necessarily what it was ideal. But... 
as long as Aminu is out, was he, which he still was, that, that that's what they've got to deal with. But who knows? Maybe the next time that uh, Aminu can play, maybe maybe you can be there. And, and and the best way to be there for the biggest moments and the biggest plays is SeatGeek. And the NBA season is back. It's in full swing. And SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the games you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being at the game for the biggest plays of the year. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the seats you want for a great value. And SeatGeek has the best deals on every ticket in the house, wherever you want to sit, whether that's courtside, the club seats, or the upper level. They have all of the seats for you. They rank all the deals with their deal score from 1 to 100, with 1 being the worst deals, 100 being the best deals. It's a fantastic app. It's super easy to use, and you always get the best deal on every ticket because they compare prices for you across multiple ticket sites, and prices can vary depending on where you shop, but no matter where you're shopping from, SeatGeek will get you the best price, and they want to help you get the most bang for your buck with the deal score, and best of all, they guarantee every ticket. And on top of that, the cherry on top, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. And to get that $20 rebate on tickets, you need to download the SeatGeek app, go to the promo code, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code and enter promo code LOBLAZERS, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOBLAZERS today. So the Blazers have one more home game. Before they hit the road for another long trip, they've got a couple of more days of rest, of work, of time to improve on their defense, and most importantly, for the future of this team, get Al Farouk Aminu healthy. We talked, Dane Carbaugh and I, on the episode yesterday about where the Blazers are defensively and how historically bad it is. And that's with that, that number where the Blazers being top 10 worst defensive rating, according to basketball reference at when we checked it is, is a little concerning. Aminu was in there for some time, but the Blazers defense that what they were doing, even without Aminu, I think it needs to be, addressed was inexcusable and I do think that tonight they did take a step in terms of respectability in terms of trying of being better at communicating with guys and and just being a little bit more locked into what the other team is trying to do and while the the Pacers had guys that still had pretty good nights tonight I, I mentioned Jefferson he had some good points had some good stretches late finished with only 13 points, but Aaron Brooks had 16 points off the bench. Jeff Teague, the type of guard that has given the Blazers trouble over the years because he can really jet is really quick, can get to the paint and really cause problems for defenses. He had 25 points tonight. He still had a good game. Seven to 13 miles Turner love miles Turner. Another one of the best, you know, one of the great young big men that's coming up in this game alongside, Davis, Towns, Porzingis, and and he had a really solid game as well, 19 points and, and, and 10 rebounds. But the Blazers did a good enough job to make sure that none of those guys really 
dominated them and that they were able to contain them enough on a night when pretty much everybody on their team had it going. Alan Crabb, who we have mentioned multiple times on this podcast, had a, a, a finally a, a good game for the first time in a while. Four of eight from the field, two for four from three, 15 points, and something that he doesn't really do that often. He got to the line five times, which that uh, it, it was a weird night for the Blazers in that regard. Damian Lillard only got to the line seven times, but to see more free throws from the guys that are, are playing a lot in those second units it, it is an encouraging sign. And I, I, re- I really do think that anything that the Blazers can get going towards the basket is going to help them. And one of the things that I felt like I haven't seen as of with Turner is the ability to get to the cup, to get to the rim and really suck the defense in and, and create, opportunities for the swing passes and catching the defense out of rotation for open three-pointers and the Blazers got good three-pointers they made 12 tonight out of 32 they didn't hit you know an astonishing rate but they got a lot of good threes and sometimes get the amount of threes you get up is more is a better indication of how your offense is working and, and, and increasing the volume it can, it is sometimes a sign of, of your offense playing well. And I think tonight that's what we saw is the Blazers were able to get up a ton of threes tonight because they were able to catch the Pacers defense out of rotation. They moved the ball really well. They got the ball to the middle and they made the Pacers defense paid for it. And they made the Pacers defense for playing two traditional bigs in Lavoy Allen and Al Jefferson. The Blazers were able to stretch them out a little bit more with Myers Leonard in there. And overall, pretty positive night for the Blazers. So uh, this is something that I think they can build on positively. I, I do think it's a little bit of a concern that their offense has had to be this good to get some of those results but at the same time you can't right now the you can't beggars can't be choosers with the Blazers you got to take the wins any way you can get them and if it's if it's scoring at a 137 offensive rating then that's what you have to do and, and, and it felt like that was kind of how they won at Brooklyn when they were on that trip and it's not a sustainable way to win. And I think that that's why the Blazers have been focusing on defense so much in practice. I think that's why you hear the players talk about it. I think that's why you hear it be so much of a topic of discussion because the Blazers themselves as a team understand that to get to where they want to go and to be the team they want to be, that that, that the defense the way it was through the first part of the season – is just not where it needs to be. And even though tonight they were a little bit better, they're still by far the worst defense in the league, according to NBA.com. So they have some work to do to not even just get out of the basement, but to get to where they even were last year. And while sample sizes are really small and they can fluctuate 
it's going to take a little bit of time for them to really work on that. But tonight, it felt like they they were a little bit more serious on that end. It felt like they had a little bit more energy on that end. They were a little more physical on that end. And uh, I, I think that they deserve some credit for that. I'd like to talk about Mo Harkless because, I mean, talk about found money. The Blazers paid 150, nearly 150 million to Alan Crabb and Evan Turner. And Mo Harkless has been, due to the fact that, actually, I'm going to take this back. I was about to say that Harkless has been the third best player on the team, but that's just not true. Because with how the defense has been without Aminu, I really think it's reinforced the fact that he is the third best player on the team. But back to Harkless, he has been offensively such a pleasant surprise and is doing things that I don't think many expected him to do. And he's also, I think I think he is a reflection of the culture that all of us talk about when we talk about this team, the competitiveness, the working, the work ethic, the fact that all these guys on the team stay late and work extra on their games. And, and Harkless is one of those guys with Al Farouk Aminu, with Alan Crabb, Evan Turner now too, that is working on their jump shot every day after, after practice. And, is consistently working on becoming better at that. And it's a survival. In the NBA these days, if you're going to be a complimentary role player, and you have to know how to space the floor and knock down shots. The mid-range is for star players or guys that are niche scorers, that that's just what they do, guys like Jamal Crawford. But the guys like Harkless who are on the court to provide extra defense and not get in the way offensively need to be able to knock down shots. And Harkless did that tonight. He was three of six. He had 23 points. But Harkless has been doing that a lot this season. And, and he hasn't just been shooting well from three he's been getting to the basket which is something that he did last year he has been finishing well around the basket which is something that the Blazers have lacked in recent years is is, is someone who can get to the rim and finish and and Harkless the combination that uh, of skills and moves and, and and things that he's been doing on the offensive end I think if the Blazers with Aminu and also on the second unit can figure out what they're doing defensively on a more consistent basis. I think this is really going to continue to elevate Harkless and what he does for this team. And for a guy that was basically cast off from Orlando and for the Blazers to rehabilitate him in the way that they have and not only sign him and keep him for $40 million, but over four years, but to get him at that rate and have him be a starter and a guy that you can count on and a guy that's part of your best lineup. I mean, Harkless's story is, is pretty cool. And especially if you're the Blazers and, and while the, the problems with the defense, the problems with crab, the problems with Turner, 
and the injury to Aminu have really characterized the season up to this point. If the Blazers can continue to not continue to, if they can figure out how to fix their defense and they can be more consistent on that end and the Aminu addition does what we what I expect it will do and if the bench unit guys can be a little bit more locked in Harkless it really could move his way into maybe a most improved player conversation I, I don't think it's as drastic as CG McCollum it's not as clear cut of a case but the way he's played so far this season is hats off to him. I mean, really. And I think a lot of folks, if you watch the Blazers, I think you notice that. I think a lot of people that watched him last year really fell in love with how he plays the game, that he's a hustle guy, that he's athletic. But the fact that he's turned into a decent three-point shooter so far this season he has shot the three well before in his career but the fact that he's shooting it so well right now I do think is a testament to the work that he's put in and the culture of the Blazers and that it is real that 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 players on this team do improve and while their defense has been atrocious and historically bad I do think that this team has shown an ability to recognize mistakes and correct them to an extent do they don't totally erase them and make them perfect but I do think that they will be able to eventually make up the defensive problems that they've had so far this season and I think by doing that that will help this team really be what it should be and what what people like me thought they would be a team that would be competing for home court in the playoffs and a team that has a chance to win in the first round of the playoffs and be a problem for one of the elite teams in the playoffs and even push those teams. And and so they have got to get the basics down. But once they do that, I think they really have a chance to, to be very good. And it's an interesting place where the Blazers are right now because they made so much progress and now it seems like they've taken two steps back, especially defensively. But I'm, I'm confident that Aminu coming back will definitely will help this team. And I do think that if they can get it together defensively, this team could go on some good stretches and get back into that place where... I thought they would be as a potential home court team, a team that's going to compete with the, the 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 good teams in the West. And it you never want to hear about an injury, but Mike Conley's back injury, the fracture in his vertebrae, which sounds awful, uh, the Tony Romo injury, that ultimately helps the Blazers because he is such a big part of the Grizzlies success him and Marcus Gasol are huge parts of that so and, and, and Houston's playing well and, and Harden is, is is balling and Oklahoma City's kind of having some their hot and cold streaks they, they kind of go with the way Westbrook goes but 
they're going to be right there, and and the Blazers I think can get right back there, and they're they're not that far off them in the standings. They're only two games out of those teams, but I don't think it's going to take that much. This team has, I I think that they're right now. I think they're a little bit of a sleeping giant. So they get a win tonight. Defense was a little bit better, not great. Offense definitely clicking and you're going to win a lot of games like that but I do think that Aminu coming back is going to help them shore things up whenever that is and I think that once they can shore up some of those little things it's really going to make some of the big steps that guys like Harkless have taken and even guys like Lillard and McCollum I, I think it will make those things stand out a little bit more and I think that that's what this team needs but They've got to get those basics down first. So we'll we'll see if they can do that. Miami's coming into Portland on Saturday and they're hobbling. Deion Waiters is out. Tyler Johnson's been dealing with some injuries. Whiteside had an MRI, but he played. Uh, so the, the Heat are a little beat up. Things aren't going uh, the way that they had hoped. People are talking about maybe them them tanking. So uh, a vulnerable team coming into the Moda Center on Saturday and an opportunity for the Blazers to really make a stand defensively against a team that doesn't have a whole lot of good offensive players. So uh, while the Pacers were not murderers row by any means, I think uh, Portland has another opportunity to at least take some small steps on the defensive end. And if Aminu is there, then... Uh, that would be a, a good time to to uh, build some positivity about the defense by putting together a, a good defensive performance against a team that they can definitely that they should have success against. That's going to be it for this episode of Locked On Blazers. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, TuneIn, Google Play, wherever you can get a podcast. We would appreciate it if you left us a five-star review, said some nice things, maybe, if you have some nice things to say. If you'd like to advertise on the podcast, send us an email at LockedOnBlazers at gmail.com. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBlazers. You can follow me at Eric, E-R-I-K, underscore Gunderson, G-U-N-D-E-R-S-E-N. So... That's where you can find us. We'll be back soon. Blazers are off until Saturday, but we will be back before then. So keep listening to Locked On Blazers for all the latest on your favorite team, and we'll be back soon.